Hey there. Lisa French was a clerk for a trucking company in Denver. She'd been in a car crash, and her doctor told her that to keep her spine stable, she ought to get surgery. She asked the folks at the hospital what it was going to cost her out of pocket. They ran her insurance, and they told her, your end, it's going to be $1,336.90. Then she and her husband sat down at their kitchen table and talked it over. They had a rainy day fund, $1,000 they'd socked away. They kept it at home in cash. Were they ready to spend it all for this? They decided they were. Lisa went to the hospital with $1,000 cash. She had the surgery, went fine. The hospital had been expecting about $55,000 from Lisa's insurance. They actually got more, like $74,000. But they decided that wasn't enough. They decided they wanted their full sticker price, $303,000. So they billed Lisa French for the rest, $229,000. And when they didn't get it, they sued her. Lisa French had her surgery in 2014. The court case finally got resolved last year in 2022 by the Colorado Supreme Court. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you probably remember we have gotten very interested in understanding when we get a wild medical bill, what legal rights do we have? How can we use those rights to fight back, even on a small scale, like in small claims court? And even though Lisa French's case is a long way from small claims court, it has a lot to teach us about those questions. This is an arm and a leg, a show about why healthcare costs so freaking much and what we can maybe do about it. I'm Dan Weissman. I'm a reporter and I like a challenge. So our job on this show is to take one of the most enraging, terrifying, depressing parts of American life and bring you something entertaining, empowering and useful. And I should say up front, we will not be hearing from Lisa French directly. Her case made a lot of headlines in 2018 when a jury heard it and when an appeals court overturned the trial court and last year when the state Supreme Court made its ruling. They didn't go into the kind of detail we're going to go into. But I mean, come on, who's going to resist a headline like this? Well, tonight we have a story of David versus Goliath. David being a woman who needed spinal surgery in 2014. Goliath, the hospital that charged her more than $200,000 to do it. So over the years, a lot of reporters wanted a soundbite from Lisa French. Her attorney used to let her know when there was an inquiry, she'd say yes or no. Eventually, she told her lawyer, don't even tell me when they call anymore. I just want to live my life. Fair enough. So here's who we got. I'm Ted Lavender. I'm an attorney in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been practicing law for 26 years. And he spent several of those years representing Lisa French. It's probably worth answering one question right up front. If Lisa French had to empty her family's rainy day fund to pay the hospital a thousand bucks, who's paying this lawyer from Atlanta? The answer is the insurance from her job, which had played a role in starting the whole mess. The company that she worked for had a health benefits plan that was slightly different than what you might call run-of-the-mill health insurance. It worked this way. They were not in network with any hospitals. Instead, they would just take whatever bill any hospital sent, make their own evaluation of what a fair price would be, send the hospital a check. It is a somewhat unusual model. One survey says about 2% of employers use a plan like this. But Ted Lavender says a lot of time it works. A very large percentage of the time, the hospital would accept the check and no one would hear anything more from the hospital, which in legal parlance would mean acceptance. (laughs) And as a backstop, in case there was any trouble, a health plan would send a lawyer. That's Ted. And here's what happened that led to all the trouble in Lisa French's case. Whoever ran her insurance card at the hospital, they didn't read it very carefully. 
if they had, they would have seen a little logo under the insurance company name that said provider only. That is, this plan only has doctors and nurses and other providers in network. With hospitals, there is no network, no in-network rate. We're just going to send a check for what we think is right. The same health benefits company has a different plan, one that does have a hospital network. You know how it is. Insurance companies, a million different plans, everyone its own snowflake. The folks at the hospital mistook Lisa French's snowflake for another one. And that's how they came up with their estimate. Based on their calculation, they expected to collect a total of $56,000, the $1,336 from Ms. French and the remainder from her health plan. And they presumably would have been okay with $56,000, but they got more. They got about $75,000. But once they got it, they wised up to the mistake they'd made about Lisa French's insurance. They had no agreement with this insurance plan to accept $56,000. So they decided there's no reason for us not to charge our full sticker price here, $303,000. So Lisa French had been expecting a bill for $336.90. That's the difference between what she'd been quoted and the $1,000 she had paid in advance. But the bill she got was not what she expected. It turned out to be a whopper of a bill. We ended up with an itemized bill that showed every line item for every charge that totaled this $303,000. And then at the bottom was, you know, subtracting the 1000 she paid, subtracting the money the insurance paid, leaving a balance of 229000 and change. Of course, Lisa French did not have $229,000 or anything like it. Eventually, she got a visit from the sheriff who served her with a lawsuit, and she was sued for that $229,000. And that's where Ted Lavender entered the scene. The jury trial in 2018 took six days. And as Ted Lavender says, it wasn't exactly a splashy murder trial in terms of drama. This was a six-day trial involving hospital billing. So... You know, there was no murder weapon. There was no aha, big gotcha moment that was really exciting. But Ted Lavender did his best. Like one time when he got a hospital executive on the witness stand. To stabilize Lisa French's spine, surgeons had implanted 13 pieces of metal into her body. So Ted Lavender had the hospital executive walk the jury through the price for each of those bits of metal. Or actually, the prices. And I first showed him the itemized bill and asked him to identify what they charged for these 13 pieces of hardware. I had given him sort of an oversized calculator that was sitting there in front of him on the witness stand, admittedly for some dramatic effect. And through adding these up on the itemized bill, he arrived at the number, which was $197,000. $197,000. That is about two-thirds of that $303,000 the hospital's trying to charge Lisa French. And then the next thing I did was I handed him the 13 invoices that we had received from the hospital. That is, Ted handed the guy the invoices the hospital had received and paid when it bought those bits of metal. And I asked him to add up and tell this jury, what did the hospital pay for these 13 pieces of hardware? He's adding and he's adding and he's punching in numbers and he's turning pages and he's adding and he's adding with each addition, with each plus, the jury seemed to ease a little closer up to the front of their chair. And ultimately, he arrived at the total, which was $31,000 and change. The hospital is charging like six and a half times what they paid. And that is two thirds of this $300,000 bill. It just, you know, the jury seemingly did not like that. (laughs) 
That was a good moment for Lisa French's side. I mean, getting the jury mad at the other side, that's a win. And the big calculator wasn't Ted Lavender's only visual. He also had a giant post-it note where he wrote down in magic marker all the different prices the hospital accepted for this surgery, depending on who was paying. And we got these numbers from the hospital. They would have accepted $146,000 from private insurance. That's less than half of what they were trying to charge Lisa French. And they accepted less than that, like a lot less from government-funded insurance, you know, like Medicare or Medicaid or TRICARE, which covers folks in the military. The average of what they would have accepted for these very procedures that Ms. French had were $63,199. Again, Ms. French and her insurance company combined paid almost $75,000. You can hear that posted rustling around. It was a good prop. He still got it. So he had shown the jury that the hospital charged a huge markup and that what they were suing Lisa French for was way, way more than they charged anybody else. On the hospital side, they were like, yeah, but this is our actual sticker price. And Lisa French signed a piece of paper that said she would pay all charges of the hospital. Hospitals were like, yeah, and these are our charges. That $303,000, it comes from a list we keep. It's called the Charge Master. That's what Lisa French was signing up for. And this became something the jury had to decide. When Lisa French signed a piece of paper saying she would pay all charges of the hospital, was she specifically agreeing to pay what was on the charge master? And here's one thing that might have made the jurors a little skeptical on that score. The hospital never showed that charge master to Lisa French. Not before her surgery, not after it. In fact, they said it was a trade secret. They went all the way through trial, never producing it. We asked at the very beginning, once the lawsuit was filed, you basically you get to ask questions. Give me this information. Give me information that supports your case or helps my case. And we asked specifically for the charge master, and they refused to produce it on the basis that it was confidential and proprietary. By withholding that list, the hospital may have helped Ted Lavender make his argument. How could Lisa French have known what she was signing up for if she couldn't see the prices? If we can't get it through our subpoena power, how in the world would Lisa French have been able to use it by, had she asked? And admittedly, she didn't ask for it, but if she had, surely they wouldn't have given it to her either. In the end, the jury agreed. Lisa French had not specifically agreed to pay the hospital's charge master prices. And the only other alternative was she agreed to pay something reasonable. The jury decided she owed the hospital $776 and 74 cents. Basically, that's the 300 and some left over from the original estimate, plus some extra, because she wound up staying in the hospital one night more than expected. She owed a fee for late checkout. Of course, the hospital did not take that lying down. They appealed the outcome, and they won. Ted Lavender appealed that decision, which is how the case ended up in front of the Colorado Supreme Court. We've actually got tape of those proceedings. They're kind of juicy. Plus the outcome and why it matters for the rest of us. That's right after this. This episode of An Arm and a Leg is produced in partnership with KFF Health News, formerly known as Kaiser Health News. They're a national newsroom producing in-depth journalism about healthcare in America. We'll have more information about KFF Health News at the end of this episode. All right, so Lisa French's case was headed to the Colorado Supreme Court. And here's the big issue. 
Remember how the jury found that Lisa French hadn't actually agreed to pay the hospital's charge master price, the $303,000? The hospital argued the jury never should have been asked to consider that question. The law, legal precedent, made it open and shut. The appeals court had agreed and it had cited other cases from courts around the country. So when the hospital's lawyer, Mike McConnell, got up to address the Supreme Court, he led with those citations. All of the questions that you have raised have been addressed in more than a dozen cases around the country, carefully and thoroughly. Well, let me push back on you. Good morning to you, Mr. McConnell. That is Justice Richard L. Gabriel stepping right in. He notes that these dozen other decisions all rest on one original case from 2008, where a court had said, we can't intervene in healthcare pricing. I mean, courts shouldn't even try. Healthcare? It's too complicated. Justice Gabriel wasn't convinced. I guess the question I have is why? You know, I, you know, <laughs> we may not be the smartest people in the world, but this is a contract. And why should the hospital industry, different than any other industry on the planet, have different rules for contract principles? The hospital lawyer argued that hospitals couldn't predict everything that would happen in a patient's care. In fact, the hospital couldn't even control it because only physicians can decide what treatment to order. You can, uh, I guess, imagine that hospitals ought to be able to predict in advance what a particular physician is going to order for a particular patient. Um, and uh, perhaps, you know, the, uh, obviously you feel that is the way it ought to be. It is not the way it is. But now, Mr. McConnell, I'm sorry to... Here's Justice Melissa Hart breaking in. The hospital did provide an estimate in this case. They did calculate what they thought this was going to cost and tell her that. So it is. it seems false to me that they can't do it. Of course, they can't predict with absolute certainty. In this case, she had the extra night stay in the hospital and she paid for that. But they can predict in a case like this, and they do. The justices didn't seem super persuaded by Mr. McConnell's response to that. And that left one more big question in front of the justices. When Lisa French signed a document promising to pay all charges, was she definitely agreeing to pay $303,000 or, you know, two twenty nine dollars after insurance? The appeals court found that the charge master rate, the $303,000, had been incorporated by reference to the document she'd signed, officially called the Hospital Services Agreement. The Supreme Court wasn't convinced. Here's Justice Richard Gabriel again. There's no reference to the charge master on the face of the hospital services agreement. How could she have assented to something she never even knew existed? And here's how the hospital's lawyer responded. When she read the provision, all charges not otherwise paid by insurance, she understood that the hospital charges would, she was responsible for paying the hospital charges that her insurance company did it. Whatever it was, they could have charged her a billion dollars and she's your position would be she's bound because she agreed all charges means all charges. <laughs> there wasn't a real comeback to that. The Supreme Court ruled against the hospital unanimously. Specifically, they ruled that the charge master, the $303,000, had not been incorporated by reference to the piece of paper Lisa French had signed. She didn't know those charge master list prices even existed. How could she agree to pay them? So that meant, the court ruled, that, quote, the hospital services agreement left the price term open, unquote. Which is language that may ring a bell if you've been listening to this show. It's a legal principle, a bedrock of contract law, I'm told. 
how the law treats an open price contract, a contract that doesn't specify a price term. Here's a refresher on that principle from Ted Lavender. If you go to McDonald's and order a, a quarter pounder with cheese and, you know, value meal number three, they tell you the price. And that is the price that you have to pay. And then they give you your meal. Do you enter that contract with an actual price term? But you can also enter an open price contract, a contract without a price term. If you have a contract without a price term, without a specific price in it, then the law infers into that contract a reasonable price. In other words, a contract with the price term open is not a blank check. I don't have to pay whatever number the other side makes up. And that's what the Colorado Supreme Court found here. They ruled that, quote, principles of contract law can certainly be applied to hospital patient contracts, unquote. They say, essentially, a court may have ruled otherwise in 2008 and other courts may have cited that opinion. We disagree. The Colorado Supreme Court is saying even in healthcare, when no price is specified, when the price term is open, you have the right to a reasonable price. Yes. And that's why Lisa French's case is so interesting to us here on this show, because we've talked about using this legal principle to fight back against outrageous bills. We've heard from one guy, Jeffrey Fox, who actually took a hospital to small claims court to enforce his right to a reasonable price and won. And we heard from a listener recently who tried and failed, but said, more of us should try this. And this Colorado decision seems like good news for anybody interested in doing something like that. But honestly, it also raises a few concerns that I had not known about before. First, well, there are all those other cases out there in other states that follow the 2008 case, the one that says healthcare is too complicated for courts to get into. And yeah, here's Colorado saying, no, it isn't. But courts in other states aren't bound by Colorado's decision. Huh. And second, there's also something the Colorado court didn't decide. What if the paper Lisa French signed had specified, I agree to pay the hospital's charge master rates? Could she be required to pay them then? Even if they were a billion dollars? In their decision, the Colorado court wrote that charge master rates are increasingly arbitrary and inflated and have lost any direct connection to hospitals' actual costs. So Ted Lavender thinks they might have said, no, we can't be held to a billion dollars just if you add the word charge master. I think they would have answered that no, but they did not come right out and actually answer that. Because they didn't have to answer that question. Yeah, courts routinely, in fact, it's almost an objective of appeals courts, they answer as few a number of questions as possible to get to an answer. So the Colorado court simply ruled that in Lisa French's case, the charge master rates weren't incorporated by reference into the paper she signed. Those papers didn't mention the charge master at all, and the hospital kept that charge master as a trade secret, open, shut. But hospitals aren't supposed to keep those rates secret anymore. For the last couple of years, thanks to an executive order from the Trump administration, federal rules have required them to post their charge master to the internet. And so I had all that in mind when I heard from a listener in Atlanta. So my name is Cindy Gatton, and I've been an independent patient advocate for 11 years now. Cindy's job is helping people deal with medical bills, but she'd actually written to me about her experience as a patient. 
Before medical appointment, she got the usual forms online, including one for patient financial agreement and responsibilities. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to print it and just see exactly what it says. And I'm reading through the thing and I pulled it up and it says patient understands and agrees that he, she will be charged the Piedmont Healthcare standard charge master rates for all services not covered by a payor or that are self-pay. I've never seen that before. And it shocked me that there was a reference to charge master rates in the financial disclosure. And Cindy has been dealing with medical bills full time for a decade. She's seen a lot. She's never seen this before. And she found it shocking. It just feels wrong to me. It feels really wrong because it it reminds me of, you know, you, you go to a website and they give you their terms and conditions. Nobody reads those. I don't read them. You click yes so that you can move on with what it is you want to do, which is to get care, to be seen by the doctor, to, you know, have your procedure. And I, I don't know, this, this feels, um, it feels manipulative to me. And to me, it feels ominous, like lawyers who work for hospitals have been paying attention to this Lisa French decision and thinking there's a wedge here that maybe we could exploit. Like if we get you to sign a document that says, quote, charge master, unquote, on it, we are getting you to sign away your right to a reasonable price. After all, the court in Colorado didn't come out and say that wouldn't be kosher. So where I'm landing at the end of this story is. I got a couple big homework assignments. First, if I'm interested in seeing how we can use our legal rights to fight back against outrageous, unreasonable bills, and I am, then I need to learn more about which states recognize our rights to a reasonable price in healthcare, and which ones maybe don't. I'm on it. And if you've got any tips, please bring them. That's the first assignment. And for the second, I'd love your help. How many hospitals are using this charge master language these days in those financial responsibility documents they ask us to sign? Do me a favor. See if you can get a copy of that document from any hospital system or doctor group where you get seen and uh, send me a copy of it. And, you know, redact anything you need to. And also know we are not aiming to share this with anybody outside our reporting team. And here's what happened when I tried this. A hospital where I get seen uses a portal called MyChart. A lot of hospitals use it. I just logged on to my chart there and I did a little digging around. I found a link to something called My Documents and I found a form there called Universal Consent. It has stuff about financial responsibility. It doesn't mention charge master rates, but it's a year old. And it also says it's expired. And here's an idea I got from Cindy, which I'm going to try and which seems worth passing around. When Cindy found that charge master language in the document from her hospital, here's what she did. She printed it out and changed it. What I did is instead of the standard charge master rates, I drew a line through it and I wrote in 2X Medicare rates. In other words, instead of saying, I'll pay the charge master rates, it says, I'll pay two times the Medicare rates. And we've heard about this strategy before from former ProPublica reporter Marshall Allen, who wrote about it in his book, Never Pay the First Bill. And here's the rationale. Medicare pays less than most commercial insurance. Hospitals say that at least sometimes they lose money on Medicare. Doubling it seems generous enough, but it also sets a limit. So that's what Cindy wrote on her printout. I have been taking it with me when I go to be seen that if they ask me for the document that 
I can say, you know, here it is. So far, she says nobody's asked for it. And I don't think anybody's going to be confused, but just to make sure I'm going to say it, this isn't legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. Cindy's not a lawyer. She's just a person going to the doctor, doing her best not to leave too many openings where she could get really screwed. And me, I'm going to try following her example. And I've got another request for you. If you try this trick of printing the thing out, Xing out the charge master language and writing 2X Medicare rates, let me know what happens, okay? The place to do all of this is on our website at armandalegshow.com slash contact. That's armandalegshow.com slash contact. You are this show's secret weapon. You are eyes and ears. Cindy Gatton is a listener who got in touch. And how did I first learn about Lisa French's case? Email from a listener. Thank you, Terry. And for that note last year, took us a minute, but we got to this. Thank you for listening. You absolutely rule. I'll catch you soon. Till then, take care of yourself. This episode of An Arm and a Leg was produced by me, Dan Weissman, with help from Emily Pisacreta, edited by Affy Yellow Duke. Daisy Rosario is our consulting managing producer. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. Gabrielle Healy is our managing editor for audience. She edits the first 8-bit newsletter. B. Bosco is our consulting director of operations. Sarah Balama is our operations manager. And Arm and a Leg is produced in partnership with KFF Health News, formerly known as Kaiser Health News. That's a national newsroom producing in-depth journalism about healthcare in America and a core program at KFF, an independent source of health policy research, polling, and journalism. And yes, you did hear the name Kaiser in there, and no, KFF isn't affiliated with healthcare giant Kaiser Permanente. You can learn more about KFF Health News at armandalegshow.com slash KFF. Zach Dyer is senior audio producer at KFF Health News. He is editorial liaison to this show. Thanks to Public Narrative. That's a Chicago-based group that helps journalists and nonprofits tell better stories for serving as our fiscal sponsor, allowing us to accept tax-exempt donations. You can learn more about Public Narrative at www.publicnarrative.org. And thanks to everybody who supports this show financially. If that isn't you yet, we'd love for you to join us. The place for that is armandalegshow.com slash support. Thank you.